Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ken will be on in a few minutes. Uh, a lot going on. Very entertaining weekend. We got the cash contest coming up in about 20 minutes. And uh, we have a keyword. I'm looking at the keyword, but I'm not going to tell you the keyword yet. You will find out in about 20 minutes, and then you uh, enter the uh, magic word on uh, on the website, and you could win $1,000. Uh, next hour, we are going well, no, not next hour. It's going to be in the 3 o'clock hour. We are going to talk with an anonymous man who witnessed the entire accident in Dana Point, the driver that crashed into the cyclist, killing him. Van Roy Evan Smith is the uh, driver's name. He's being held on a million dollars bail. Uh, he was charged on Friday. He's accused of killing Dr. Michael Mamone Wednesday afternoon on PCH at Crown Valley Parkway. If uh, you watched any television news within the last few days, you probably saw the terrible video of uh, Mamone and his bike flying through the air, struck from behind. Uh, and then, and this is what really stunned everyone, after hitting Mamone with his car, Van Roy Smith, who's driving a white Lexus, 
jumped out of his car and stabbed Mamone with a large, long knife. People at the scene thought it was a machete. And, um, you know, accidents involving bicyclists happen, but then when he jumped out and started stabbing Mamone, and I don't know if Mamone died from his uh, accident injuries or the stabbing injuries or both, but nobody could believe this. Uh, anyway, uh, Todd Spitzer, of course, his uh, department uh, is prosecuting the case, Orange County DA. And we're going to talk with somebody who says they saw the whole thing happen. Can you imagine? So that, that's coming up. And uh, I am guessing, uh, Deborah, you're very sorry that you uh, didn't take that trip to Turkey this week. I know that you had oh, planned. Oh, God. You believe that? No. And you wonder, you wonder why I'm so fearful of earthquakes. A 7.8, more than 3,400 people are reported dead. And that death toll is going to go up because there's, oh, there's, they're, there's, they're still trying to. There's tons of missing, yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah, the, uh, they felt the earthquake on seismographs as far away as Greenland. Crazy. It's, and then a 7.5 aftershock. I mean, <laughs> that's just, I can't even wrap my head around that's that. That's just the aftershock. That's just the aftershock. <laughs> wow. I know. There's a lot of pent-up energy in there. So <sighs> this, is what, uh, this is what you fear. Yes. Yes. Because you travel a lot. I, I mean, do. You know, you, you, we've never talked about you travel to the kinds of countries where you could have. I know. Well, I was supposed to go to Japan, yeah. and I know that there are a lot of earthquakes in Japan, and yeah. I have been to Turkey before. I, this is just terrifying. I really don't know what to what to do anymore with myself. Kansas. <laughs> uh, but then tornadoes happen. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I don't want to deal with tornadoes either. All right. The balloon. Here's, <laughs> finally got it. You're sitting there waiting, huh, for five minutes. I've been waiting the entire start of the show. That's right. When is he going to shut up and talk about the balloon? It was my favorite story the whole weekend. <laughs> I was that was so much fun. Uh, we, we had to we had a driving trip to go up to San Francisco to see one of our sons, and uh, we we took Interstate Five, and you know that is a dreadful, dreadful highway. It's it, it's long. It's boring. I do enjoy the cows standing <laughs> waiting for their demise. Uh, the air is 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 uh, a color air shouldn't be smells. Uh, so there's you know there's nothing to do in the car and but I'm following the balloon story, and I my wife was driving I was just watching all the coverage on my iPad and giving her news updates I couldn't get enough of it, and then uh, by the time we got to the hotel room they uh, they blown it up, and it was <laughs> the live KFI microphone was that was that the scene there, and. So, you know, the, the story gets covered and splinters in 20 different directions. And then everybody starts lying and covering up. And they've got their cover story and their double talk and their misdirection plays. And, you, you, you know, I realized with this story and the aftermath is there isn't anybody I trust. There is not one straight shooting media source where I know, okay, I'm going to call up this site. I'm going to watch this channel. And I'm going to get the true story. I just, I, I just know this instinctively. There's not one person, if I see on TV, I thought, okay, this guy's going to tell me what happened. There's nobody I trust. So I start trying to read everything and just filter it through my own uh, deprogramming machine. I try to deprogram my brain from all the propaganda that's in the air. And I see that this balloon was first sighted in Alaska. Not this past Saturday, the Saturday before, January 28th. This balloon was 
tracked by the U.S. government as far back as Saturday the 28th. It was north of the Aleutian Islands. Now, this is, you know, how far Alaska sticks out with the Aleutian Islands. You know, at one point, there's only 12 miles between the U.S. and Russia. Interesting, this, this balloon did not strain to Russian airspace because they know what, what would happen if you strayed into Russian airspace. But in America, I, I guess the Chinese leader is watching all the video of uh, how we uh, treat the Mexican border and decided, you know what? I'll come in through Alaska. They're not going to stop me. And we didn't. So that balloon traveled over the, the whole expanse of Alaska, which is a huge state, drifted into Canada. And, of course, the Canadians aren't going to do anything. Finally drops down into Montana. And what do you know? It's hovering not far from our, our military and nuclear bases where we house tons of ICBM missiles. And the balloon is just going, ah, da, da, da. by the way, this is things not a balloon, okay? They call it an airship. It was two, the balloon itself was 200 feet tall. So think about this. That big white globe was two, 20 stories high. And the uh, equipment it was carrying down below, you know, the brains of the operation, that thing was as long as a jet aircraft. You know, it's difficult to understand the proportions because it was so high in the sky. 60,000 feet in the air. Now, the highest a commercial jet will fly is about 42,000 feet. Most of the time, it's in the mid-30s. So you, you, you take your average commercial jetliner and you almost double the distance up. And that's at 60,000 feet. And it's got a, like a, a jet airplane hanging beneath a 20-story airship and that they're up to no good they're absolutely up to no good but we let them in it floated down to montana and then continued to the midwest as we know to missouri and finally somehow took a left turn and went off the coast of the carolinas where we shot it down we'll talk more about this coming up on the john and ken show because uh there's a lot of fascinating stuff that we don't know yet but uh, we're going to find out. There's already a uh, House investigative committee on the scene. All right. Uh, back to the uh, this glorious uh, alleged balloon, which is actually a 200-foot uh, airship with uh, spy equipment attached to it. Uh, <laughs> I, could, I could hear that all day. Uh, so there's no point in speculating because so much we have no idea of. But here is things I'm reading. Why would they not tell us right away when this thing floated over Alaska? And why didn't they shoot it down in Alaska? Because Alaska is virtually empty. Yeah, and, yeah. And so there, there's, there's a reason for this. Well, uh, uh, cor through the course of the story over the weekend... We found out that uh, the uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was due to take a trip to China this week because we wanted to get warmer and more fuzzier with China, the leaders. And he was there on a diplomatic mission, and it was to thaw out frosty relations. A lot of bad feelings since COVID and all that. And the thinking is, is they didn't want to cancel Blinken's trip because on that level, 
if the United States is sending the Secretary of State all the way to China, it is a real smack in the face if you suddenly cancel it. So they didn't want to cancel it. And they knew if the publicity leaked out about this huge airship hovering over our military bases, that there'd be hell to pay. So what they were hoping was that this spy ship would leave Alaska, and I guess they hoped it would die in Canada or float to the Arctic Circle or whatever. You know, the Chinese probably were controlling it, and probably through satellites. I mean, nobody knows anything for sure, but it seems likely that, you know, this was on purpose, and it was either had a mission to get information or it wanted to just stick a finger in our eye and say, hey, look what we can do. Do you have the guts to blow this out of the sky? And we didn't. And maybe it's because, oh, geez, we don't really want to cancel Anthony Blinken's trip to China because that'll start all kinds of problems. Let's hope this thing just sneaks along and nobody notices. Well, people started noticing. I mean, by the time I got to Montana, <laughs> actually, a couple of guys contacted the Pentagon. And this was the first that the Pentagon got a whiff that the public had noticed the thing. Up until that point, they were hoping it would just fly by because in the night sky, it looked like a planet. A little too large to be a planet, too small to be the moon. But they figured, ah, no one's going to know. Except one guy in Montana, I think he had, he had you know, the kind of software where you could uh, track astronomy you could track what's up in the sky or he may have memorized it and he he said well that's not supposed to be there i don't know what that is maybe it's a real ufo but that's not a planet and that's not a star uh what is that thing so these two guys they send in their message to the pentagon and the pentagon pentagon's response was well we're crafting a response we're crafting one which means they knew about it and that was their oh crap moment now it's on social media. People are posting photos. People are posting videos. What are we going to do? Well, the first thing they did is they canceled Anthony Blinken's trip to China because you can't go there to make nice nice when they sp send a spy balloon over our military and nuclear bases. What they're looking for, who knows? What they get from a balloon, uh, an airship that they can't get from all the satellites they have, orbiting the earth and hovering over us who knows do you know how many do you know how many satellites the chinese have that come across the us 120 we are under surveillance constantly 120 chinese satellites and yes i know we have our own hundreds of satellites hovering over everybody else as well and i'm sure there's russian satellites up there and god knows what else but what that's why the, the the fascinating thing is like why are they doing this and did they think nobody was going to notice there are now claims that there were some of these airships that occasionally have popped up before along the coast of hawaii one of them floated over texas uh during the trump administration trump's people said well if one did they they didn't tell us they didn't tell the trump administration Maybe because they thought Trump would start World War III, so they wanted to keep that quiet. I don't know. This is a this is a field day for uh, conspiracy theory writers because 
can't prove or disprove anything right now. Except that this thing really floated over us and we didn't shoot it down. Now, now I can only assume we didn't shoot it down because they didn't want to cancel they didn't want to cancel Anthony Blinken's trip. Uh I don't know what else the reason would be, unless we're just incredibly weak. I mean, I think how we allowed uh, uh, the rebels in Afghanistan to completely bowl over Kabul, remember? Uh, that was not exactly a, a shining moment of United States strength. We certainly are uh, extremely weak on the border. We're letting everybody storm in, literally by the millions, from 170 different countries. So it, we, we don't seem to have an administration or a mindset to protect ourselves, to defend ourselves, to monitor uh, all the entry points, whether it's uh, a, a Chinese airship coming over Alaska or four million immigrants storming the border. I, 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 don't, I don't understand the philosophy. I don't understand destroying it immediately. Because how do you know for sure what's in it? Because I hear now they're racing in the ocean now that the thing was shot down and busted into pieces, right? Because you you hit water from that high up, it it shatters in, in a thousand different ways. So now they have divers diving, I think, 47 feet deep, which isn't all that deep, but it, it's pieces. And then there's pieces that are going to be washing ashore on the beaches of North and South Carolina. And uh, then they're going to try to put this back together and, and salvage what they can to see how it works, see if there's a odds are if it was collecting information, it was sending it via satellite back to Beijing. So China already has all the information. And this looks like this would be really expensive, too. And China, we're, we're, I guess China just sacrifices the money because this thing wasn't going to make it back to China. Right. I doubt it would have been able to make all the way around the world without somebody. I who knows. That's a lot of money they spent on the thing. Was it just to uh, give us a smack in the face? Or was there really information that they could, they could gather quickly? And is anybody going to ever tell the truth? If they absorbed a lot of our secret military intelligence or nuclear intelligence, whatever it is they were looking for, do you think uh, the Biden administration is ever going to admit it out loud? Are they ever going to admit why they didn't shoot it down in Alaska? Because eventually when it got to the Midwest, it's like, well, we don't want to shoot it down because it might hurt people. The thing will explode and fall on people. Uh, maybe if it's over a city. But you know, much of Montana is empty. And that whole region, Wyoming, the Dakotas, Nebraska, Kansas, it's all empty. You could shoot it down. Because uh, I heard the debris field over the ocean was about 15 football fields wide, which is really wide but it's nothing that the uh, the great plains states or the rocky mountain states can't handle you can go 15 football fields in montana and not not see anything living so i i just to see this to go back to my original point i don't know who's telling the truth and i don't know if anybody ever will tell the truth you have the rah-rah guys on on both sides and both parties saying whatever it is the team is supposed to say but you're not getting truth from anybody and a lot of people really don't know a lot of people who are speaking publicly don't have the slightest idea what was going on. But the first question is going to be, the government spots it on January 28th, Saturday, over Alaska, near the Aleutian Islands. Why didn't they shoot it down there? And why did they wait until the public started noticing it in Montana on Wednesday before they finally admitted it? Those are two big questions. What are the truthful answers? Who the hell knows? But uh, that's where we are right now. They're 
busy diving to the waters of the Atlantic Ocean, collecting all the debris. More coming up on the John and Ken Show. Just a, a, a few other things uh, about the uh, Chinese balloon situation. And uh, we're also going to have Alex Stone from uh, ABC News coming on at 2 o'clock uh, with any uh, new details uh, that they have uncovered. Uh, there was a second balloon. That wasn't a fake story. China confirmed a second balloon flying over Latin America, Central and South America. Uh, also claiming that it was for research purposes and had gotten blown off course. Uh, same explanation they gave about the balloon that sailed across America. Uh, supposedly a weather balloon. Now, why, um, why they would have a 200-foot airship with uh, equipment as wide as a jetliner just to get the, what the high temperature in Billings, Montana. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, the thing about the Chinese is they're comical in the way they insist on their propaganda. And, and I, I, I don't know if they realize that a lot of people laugh at them, including other foreign leaders, but much of the world laughs at Chinese official statements because they're usually preposterous. There's like, you know, two ways to do propaganda, very subtle, where you make people stop and think, well, I don't know, maybe that could be true. I don't know, right? That's good propaganda. Better propaganda is when you get people to doubt things. When you come flat out and give an alternate reality and completely deny what you're doing, then people laugh. And I think people are laughing at this stuff. Now, to, to, try, to try to double down on their stupid uh, weather balloon story is they uh, announced that they're firing the Chinese National Weather Service chief, Zhang Gutai. And um, they're making it sound like he botched up the weather balloon trajectory. It was his fault that these balloons went so far off course. Um, the thing is, he was retiring very soon anyway because he had won an election uh, to lead the Gansu province, a people's political consultative committee. So some kind of political administration job that he won an election for. And so he was leaving the weather service anyway. But conveniently, they decided to publicly say, well, you know, he was behind these botched airship trajectories and it's his fault. And we assume he's, they're not going to kill him. Um, they're asking residents in the Carolinas if they find any debris from the balloon uh, to call a, a, a phone number <laughs> so that the U.S. government can come and pick up whatever you found. Any stray pieces, maybe you're walking the beach and you have uh, chunks of the spy equipment, let them know. Don't mess with it. Um, also in uh, South Carolina, before the balloon was shot down by the government, the sheriff's office in York County was begging its residents not to shoot the balloon down themselves. Uh, they sent out a tweet. I'm not sure how many yahoos follow the York County Sheriff's uh, tweeting tweet account, but um, they tweeted out, yes, there are reports that the Chinese balloon is flying over our area at the moment. It's flying at 60,000 plus feet. Don't try to shoot it. With two exclamation points. <laughs> Your rifle rounds, in capital letters, will not reach it. Be responsible. What goes up will come down, including your bullets. 
So they're trying to keep the uh, good men of South Carolina from firing a rifle in the air and having the bullet come down and split their heads open. Uh, South Carolina, they had to do it. Uh, now, Biden is claiming that he wanted the balloon shot down as soon as possible when he first found out on Wednesday. He admits he found out on Wednesday. So here's the big question. I mentioned this before, and this will remain the big question, is if he found out on Wednesday, but the balloon actually breached American airspace in Alaska on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, hmm, one, two, three, four days later. Why? Why four days before the president or important people in the administration are notified. I think that's what's going to be uh, be dogging this administration for quite a while unless they answer it and answer it truthfully. Now, like I said before, you can't really expect us to shoot down enemy spy balloons when we leave the border wide open. I wonder how many spies have crossed the border down by Mexico. Because, you know, four million people have stampeded over the border. Uh, many of them were shipped to New York City. You know, uh, Governor Greg Abbott did that. So did the uh, the mayor of El Paso, uh, the governor of Colorado. Uh, a few uh, got loose in Florida, and Ron DeSantis shipped them to the Northeast. Um, New York City is the center. They have taken tens of thousands of migrants. In fact, uh, 21,000 have been bused to New York since last year. But New York had long said, hey, we're a sanctuary city, so... Welcome to your home, now that they're overstuffed. The migrants, though, don't like New York City. The migrants found out what a lot of Americans find out, that you spend time in New York City too long, uh, and you're going to have to deal with a lot of drugs and a lot of homeless. And believe it or not, the migrants are sick of the homeless. You, this, this is not a joke. No joke, as the president would say. Uh, the migrants told the New York Post they would rather accept free tickets and go to Canada and live there. The military and my gave me and my family free bus tickets. I'm going to Canada for a better quality of life. Not a joke, said Raymond Raymond Pena. One migrant said he was kicked out of the Rowe Hotel near Times Square and he was sent to a homeless shelter in Brooklyn. And the Rowe Hotel became famous in New York because somebody, an employee, released video and photos last month of illegal immigrants trashing the hotel and leaving good food out to rot. Felipe Rodriguez said the chaos we see at the Rowe Hotel is caused by migrants being drunk, drinking all day, smoking marijuana, and consuming drugs. The Rowe Hotel was struggling with domestic violence among the migrants, young people having sex in the stairs, and a fight between a migrant and a hotel security officer. And that's why the mayor is begging Joe Biden to please do something. Um, Manuel Rodon, a migrant from Venezuela, this is all true, said he was concerned about all the drug use in New York. A lot of Americans use drugs here. I feel like Canada will be safer. It's a much quieter country than America. <laughs> it's, so the... the the drug addicts are too much. The uh, the homeless too much. And then some of the uh, illegal aliens are turning to drugs. 
and drink and violence because they're stuffing a hotel and uh, they got nothing to do and nowhere to go. What do you expect is going to happen? Um, <laughs> this, this is just, this is so much government induced chaos. This feeble old guy we have running the country is allowing millions to come in and they, they have nothing. Nobody ever stops to think, well, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? Huh? What, what, what becomes of these people? So they sit in a hotel and get blasted and start beating each other up, beating their wives up. And then others who might actually be useful, they, they say, well, what's with all the drug addicts and homeless people in America? <laughs> More coming up. John and Ken show. And Alex Stone's going to come up after 2 o'clock with the latest on the balloon. After 2 o'clock, Alex Stone from ABC News on the shooting down of the big uh, Chinese spy balloon. And uh, busted into pieces. That, that, whole, uh, that whole spy contraption, I don't know what you call the thing, that was dangling off the bottom of the balloon. Uh, that, that had all the goods in it. That had the surveillance equipment. Anyway, we'll talk with Alex coming up after two o'clock. Also, after three o'clock, that uh, that, that awful story in uh, Orange County last week on Wednesday, when uh, a Dr. Michael Mamone was riding his bike on PCH Crown Valley Parkway, and he was hit from behind by a driver. Went he and the bike went flying through the air, but then the driver Van Roy Smith jumped out and and started stabbing him. With a huge knife. Well, there's, uh, we've got a bystander who witnessed the whole thing, saw the whole thing. And there's also some uh, social media posts that have been uh, revealed as well. Uh, he, uh, his full name is Van Roy Evan Smith, and apparently he had an account under the name Evan Smith. So we'll get into that after 2 o'clock here on KFI. Uh, I know this firsthand. Uh, the, the, the natural gas bills, the gas bills, uh, eat your homes. Holy mackerel, huh? Southern California gas, San Diego gas and electric. Serves 25 million customers here in Southern California. And we have one bill <coughs> that went four and a half times higher. Four and a half, a, a, not, not a doubling of the bill, not a tripling, not a quadrupling, quadrupling and a half. Uh, and and everybody's getting bills like this. And, yeah, supposedly it's a supply and demand issue. And you want to, you reasonable people get on, in, get on the air and say, well, you have to understand it is a supply constraint issue. And it's like, oh, stop it. Shut up. Because back east, they're not having these kind of uh, natural gas price increases. And you know the root of it is, is we sit on tons and tons of natural gas here in California, and the stupid government refuses to allow the energy companies to extract the gas from below the surface. And there's no good reason for it. And that artificially constrains uh, the natural gas supply here. They can say, well, you know, this pipe actually got compromised, and we have 30% less flow. And, you know, the, uh, the it's for gasoline, they always say, well, you know, there was a refinery that was down. It's like, stop it. Build the infrastructure to make it work. Build the redundancy so it works. There's no reason for these kind of natural gas prices because we have enormous quantities below the surface here in California. On top of that, though, why do the prices go high? 
Well, according to filings with the Security and Exchange Commission, uh, the L.A. Times looked into the 2022 filings. And Semper Energy, which owns SoCal Gas and San Diego Gas, big raises to the executives. Uh, net income fell in 2021. However, the CEO, Jeffrey Martin, this is for Semper Energy, made $25 million in total compensation in 2021. That was up from $23 million in 2020 and $20 million in 2019. So in two years, this Jeffrey Martin character had a 25% increase in compensation. From $20 million to $25 million in two years. Well, you know, the reason is, you know, we have a, we have a pipeline being compromised in West Texas. Yeah. How'd you, if, you're make, if your company was taking in less net income in 2021, how did you work out that huge wet raise? Because we're talking a 25% increase on a $20 million salary. That's a five million. Ah, oh, the chief financial officer, Trevor Mihalik, was paid more than seven million in 2021. The group president, Kevin Segara, made more than eight million. Both of them got raises or had their compensation increased in some way. So you have three guys: Jeffrey Martin, Trevor Mihalik, or Mihalik. Kevin Segarra, oh, my God, you know how much they made total between the three of them? $40 million in a single year. And my gas bill is up more than quadruple. And some of that money is going to Jeffrey, Trevor, and Kevin. What the hell? Um, we won't know what they made in 2022 till late this year because they don't even have to file those numbers until May the 1st, and then it takes months after that until it's released to the public. Now, that is, and, and Martin Mihalik and Sagara have also accumulated pension benefits. They have something called the Supplemental Executive Retirement Plan. Wouldn't you like to have one of these? $60 million. $60 million for the three of them. Sitting, sitting there waiting. So what are we up to now? The three executives at the end of 2021 will be compensated eventually a total of $100 million. $100 million. $40 million for the work they did and $60 million waiting in their retirement accounts. And sometimes you'll hear defenders of these extreme corporate salaries saying, well, you know, really, it's just a drop in the bucket in the overall budget, and it's really not that big. Okay. Well, the LA Times did the math on that. You know how we're getting a climate credit rebate? About $50? Well, that would, that $100 million, that's enough for 2 million households to get the $50 rebate. 
that's a third of the company's natural gas meters in Southern California. So a third of their company, a third of their customers could get a rebate just from the money being paid to the three executives for one year plus their plus their pension. In fact, um, that $100 million could cover a $500 rebate for 200,000 households who are struggling with the high cost of gas. Not to mention the $1.34 billion in net profit. Well, if you carved up that profit and gave the customers a rebate, 3 million households would get $500. So as you would expect, there might be market forces at work, but a lot of that is self-inflicted because of our idiot government. And a lot of it has to do with these greed bag executives. I have no idea why Jeffrey Martin should get $25 million. Of course, nobody ever explains it. Nobody ever justifies it. They just take the money. $25 million for a year. Um, and SoCal Gas said, oh, well, prices will drop soon. In fact, SoCal Gas claims that there'll be a 68% decrease in prices this month compared to last month. 68%. But guess what? Even after the 68% drop, the prices will still be significantly higher than they were a year ago. Um, they did ask a Semper spokeshole. Reporters asked about the compensation. And a spokesperson released a written statement that Shareholders, not rate, rate payers, pay the executives. Uh, it's determined by cri criteria, which includes factors like public safety, employee safety, and relatability. What does that mean, public safety, employee safety? They get, they get, they get, he gets a $5 million raise for employee safety? But, you know, the whole world's crooked, isn't it? The government, big business... Members of your family, everybody's crooked. Everybody's just grabbing a piece. All right, we come back uh, right after the 2 o'clock news. We are going to talk with Alex Stone from ABC to discuss the great Chinese balloon caper that entertained everyone over the weekend. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? 
facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.